Welcome back to the tea. The sounds of the tea. Not the letter T, the liquid tea. I'm very grateful that you put more milk in there this week because yeah. it didn't take nearly as long to feel no, like that. I figured up. I'd like speed the process up because we had someone kind of say, look, can you spend less time pouring tea and more time talking about tea? So I've even gone for a smaller cup. But no, Hello, I went for the same cup. Welcome back. I am... Well, can anyone guess who I am? I am Full Metal Chicken, not Full Metal Hamster. And I'm Steph, everyone. And on this week's episode of Audible Sounds that you can hear while listening to sounds, <laughs> um, something Ignore is going... Ignore our children. There's weird stuff going on in the background. <laughs> but uh, yes, welcome back to another episode of uh, Fun and Games. Um, on this week's episode, we will be talking about amazing things. Well, let me break it down for you. We've got some reviews... Um, but before we get into the reviews, we're going to do a quiz. So, quiz, reviews. Um, I have an article that I want to dissect with you today that might take a little bit of time, and then we're going to hit into our main topic. Okie dokes. Cool beans. Anything lifeish? Uh, no. No, it's been just busy. Um, I've decided that, you know, I'm going to get back into Star Wars series, <laughs> sort of, since The Mandalorian's ended, so... Just with editing and stuff, I've been speeding through different things. So yeah, you say you're back into Star Wars if you ever left Star Wars. I know, but it's just I've been watching it lately, so now I need to get back into it more. Um, so. you'll be happy to know that, um, I spent twenty minutes playing Call of Duty. That I'm so proud. I got four levels in one game. That's fantastic. But, sorry, four levels across the twenty minutes. I think it was like a game and a half, maybe, um, and then. People were just screeching and because it's yeah. obviously school holidays, so I was, enough of that. I actually f- had a freakish game um, the other week uh, where, well, no, no, I'm sorry, not the other week. This week, two days ago, um, was playing Shipment with a 75 and decided to deck out a running gun shotgun um, with sliding. I hand. saw you setting it up on your phone and like, I'm like you were doing your research this doing time. Doing my on. research and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to give it give it a go and I thought okay I think the planet's just aligned and I got <laughs> you got a, a good combo a good lobby I got a good connection because I didn't get any lag on my end Beautiful. and I got 68 to 2 well keep grinding with that because I'm sure it'll be nerfed in the next patch because yeah. apparently the crossbow have you played since the crossbow release no I heard about it that's why I was thinking of jumping on t- after this podcast and we play some more Woo. because um, also too regarding that we found out that the uh, Xbox One X is fully backwards compatible all the way back to the Xbox not the Xbox. Xbox One X it's the Xbox Series X sorry Xbox Series X is backwards compatible back allegedly. to Xbox allegedly allegedly I've yeah. signed up for all com- so JB Hi-Fi are the people we're buying it with when it comes out i think because eb is just a little bit yeah sus so i've registered for all that information um and the register list just do it and that's it so um yeah i'm looking forward to that they push back um cyberpunk yes but see in a way this is a good thing because it means it'll be better quality um and i guess the trade-off here is i keep seeing the doom promotion everywhere now yeah. So that's coming It's coming soon. Is it this week? It's or coming is soon. Is it this Thursday, though, or next Thursday? Um, I think it's next Thursday. I don't so it's coming out. Maybe next. So, um... Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Um, it's going to be crazy to see what happens with that. But. All right. Ready for this week's quiz? Yep. 
I um, I saw this quiz and I got so excited. Um, so yeah, Ooh. I really like this quiz. <laughs> um, you'll find the link for it, everyone, in the show episode notes. So let's get on with it if you want to do it with us. You'll only pass this National Treasure quiz if you've seen the movie at least ten times. Cool beans. I've seen it upwards of ten times, but that's a different story we don't need to And apparently there's talk of the next one coming out soon. I've been waiting almost ten years for it. I'm ready. Alright, question one. Which present was Ben's great-great-great-grandfather supposed to give a message to? Was it A. Andrew Jackson B. Abraham Lincoln C. Woodrow Wilson or D. George Washington Don't cheat. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm thinking because I'm trying to recall the scene. Um, Andrew Jackson. All right, that's what you think. Select yeah. it. Okay. Andrew Jackson. Yeah. Okay. So... Question two. Question two is... Why is it? Oh, it just right, froze. Where, Where do... do Ben and Riley hide when the Charlotte, which is a, is a ship, catches fire? Was it A? Captain's quarters. B, the gun deck. C, the stoke hold. Or C, or D, smuggler's hold. Smuggler's hold. Smuggler's hold. Absolutely. Next one. What is Abigail's accent? West Flemish, Pennsylvania Dutch, Saxony German, or Albania Macedonian? Albania Macedonian. I'm going to go Saxony Germany. Yes. From memory in the movie, he's like, oh, is that accent Pennsylvania Dutch? And she's like, no, Saxony German. Oh, that's even the catchphrase at the end of the question. <laughs> All right, next. Okay, so the next one is, what fake name does Ben give Abigail when they first meet? Are you struggling to... You have to no. read the options, Michael. Yeah, you've got Dave Wilson, <laughs> then you've got Ben Miller, then you've got Paul Brown, and you've got John Williams. I'm going to go for... Paulie B. Paulie B. Yes, Paul Brown. Okay, so for our next question, we have the Declaration of Independence. Sorry, is, have they spelled souvenir wrong? Uh, Let's check. You read out the options while I okay, check Okay, so the Declaration of Independence souvenir cost 35 but oh, only, well, but Ben only had how much on him? Uh, 2280, 2748, 3190, or 3257. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think it was around 30 marks. So I'm going to go for 32.57. Yeah, it was 32.57. <laughs> that was lucky. In what book does Ben's father keep his money? The Age of Reason, The Wealth of Nations, Magna Carta, or Common Sense? Um. Well, common sense dictates common sense, so I'm going common sense. Yep, common sense. <laughs> okay, so what store do Abigail and Ben shop at for a change of clothes? Do they go for Urban Outfitters, Abercrombie and Fitch, American Eagle, or Pac Sun? Urby. Urby Outfitters. Urby fully loaded. Yep. What do you think? Yep. Urby B. Okay, so finish the quote. I see what you're hiding. Oh, so to give... Uh, this is where... Um, what's her name? Abigail's hidden behind 
one of the deli yep. stores at the markets. And the lovely woman says... So she's hiding her from one of the henchmen. And so she goes, I see why you're hiding. I see what you mean. I see why you left him. Or I see why you dumped his ass. <laughs> Which one do you think it is? Um, why you left him. Yep. See why you left him. Um, okay. What church is the treasure hidden underneath? Do we have Trinity Church, Old Night Church, Jamestown Church, or St. Patrick's Cathedral? Trinity. From memory, it was the Trinity Church. Yep. Okay. So, the next question Finally, is... what kind of car did Riley buy with the finder's fee? Uh, it's very cheatery, because they put the image of the car there. The options are Ferrari, Corvette, Lambo, or Porsche. It's a Ferrari. It's a Ferrari. Yes, it is. What'd you get? Yeah, I got 10 out of 10. Yeah, but you can read it out. 10 out of 10. Gates Descendant. Wow, you know so much about National Treasure. It's like you live the movie. You're practically a member of the Gates family. You've done Ben Proud. <laughs> you know, it's one of the only Nicky Cage movies that I... Or I should say series and movies that movies, I love. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Face Off was pretty good. Yeah. That's one where he's a guard. No, yeah. he's, he's a, a criminal. Uh, he's a criminal and good old Mr. Scientology. Chandra Volta. So, movie reviews. We have a couple of things we wish to discuss. Yes, we do. Oh my god, make noise. Yeah, make noise. Don't, don't scratch it. Okay, not scratching things. I need more tea. After that episode of oh, National god. Tea Time, the Tea Time Challenge. Alright, so. so we do see a movie. Um, yes. And that was Bad Boys for Life. Yes, so that was not. Give me a rating. Out of 10. Well, if you compare it to Beverly Hills Cop 3 or 2 or 1. Just the movie itself. I give it a 9. I give it a 9. Eight and a half, nine. I it like, was great. Yeah. There was so much humour. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. I liked the storyline for what it was. Yeah. Some people panned it, but, you know, we enjoyed it. I would it. recommend. Um, we're not going to cover it too much because no. we don't want to spoil it. No, no, no. But go see it. Just go back for nostalgia, you know. Um... Now, we just literally finished watching this 30 minutes ago. Um, and that was the Lifetime movie, Crits, Crits Watts, Confessions of a Killer. What did you think? Uh, it's a joke. What, uh, him or the him, movie? Him, a complete joke. No, of course. They got it close to everything. Obviously. Shot for shot, it looks very... Someone, like, as someone who watched the body cam footage... It, for shot for shot, it matches. And that's what I really appreciate about Lifetime. Like, don't get me wrong. I really appreciate how Lifetime movies cover true crime. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they have a little bit of artistic justice and they do their own thing. Yeah. I feel like they had to do, especially with one specific scene, the actual murder scene. Um, but in my head, that's similar to how I thought it would have gone down. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yep, totally. Um, so I support Lifetime and their true crime and they ripped from the headlines, movies and series. But I think that they should have waited for more time to pass. I don't think it's very no, tasteful it's... or fair to the family. It hasn't even been two years yet. No, it's it's too close. And, you know, what he did was horrific. Yeah. Like, 
instead of just, you know, working through it and just... Just leaving. Just leaving, he did just unspeakable things. That person is just... You wouldn't even call him human. You wouldn't even call him a person. More like an animal. Well, you actually asked the question, like, oh, is he going to get hung or... Yeah, death penalty. And it's like, no, her parents specifically requested that he does not get capital punishment. So they didn't want more death surrounding the family. So So he gets, you know... He's not... He's never getting parole. He's going to be in jail forever. They can't put him in general pop because the moment they do that... He's dead. And the other thing is, he's just become a celebrity. Do you know how, like, I can't remember the exact number, but apparently, like, I don't want to call them sickos, but women who are fascinated and drawn to, um, whether it be the celebrity or the type of person he is, and they think, oh my God, oh, he'll change for me. You know, he just wasn't with the right woman. It will work out for him and I. They email him or write letters to him. And, oh, it's just... That it's concerns just, me a lot. It, it is a concern. It really is a concern. And you just go... You know. Yep. So, in terms of um, TV show reviews, I part eight, the last final season of The Ranch, came out Friday night. I finished it. Woo! I caught up Thursday because um, I had half of season seven to go. And I finished it so I was ready to go. Friday night came out I was actually quite happy with the way the series ended I was kind of a little bit over at that point the back and forth between Abby and Colt but I give it about a 7 out of 10 yeah like I'm happy with how the series ended but I think it was one of the weakest seasons out of the whole yeah series in my opinion that's just me also just quickly back to that the topic of killers and yeah. serial killers and everything um, criminologists have actually defined a term uh, called hybristophilia for people who fall in love with serial killers murderers yeah. all that sort of stuff and um, I'm just reading this quote for quote or quote unquote um, hybristophilia is the paraphilia in which people get sexually aroused over someone else committing an offence or violent act and it was defined by Merriam Webster and essentially it's just a pattern of recurring mental imagery or behaviour um, evolved around this unacceptable you know kind of crap that goes on and the key thing it, it didn't touch on this but Things like zoophilia and pedophilia, you know, fit in that category. So it's, yeah. And when then people rem- think of that, they remind me of that scene from um, Your Next, where the psychotic girlfriend wants to get it on with the psychotic boyfriend, exactly. like next to the mother's dead body. And then like she hasn't even been dead five no. minutes, and she's like, "Yeah, let's get it on." And like, then you throw fucked. in Stockholm syndrome. As a separate thing, separate things, separate, but when you see shows like Next, and it's like, what are they, what spin are they going to take? Are they going to take the Stockholm Syndrome approach, or are they going to go the other way and go, well, Stockholm Syndrome is for victims, yes, right? Whereas this, whatever term you just gave me, uh, fibro, whatever, yeah, the um, Hubristo, Hubristo, right? That's for people who need to seriously consider what's happening in the world. Yeah. That are complete... See, that's a thing. They're not connected to the case whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, look at Charles Manson, for instance. 
classic example of people getting on the bandwagon of like, let's, yay, he's our fan. You know, they're, they're the fans. Have you and- seen what Jared Leto has been doing? Apparently he's going to be the next Marilyn Manson. I'm not trying to be disrespectful of Defame, but the, there are actually published articles. Apparently he has started his own cult. Really? Yeah. Well, there Google, you go. We can talk about it in more depth. I'll find some more information. Yeah. But apparently it's like, it started off with this wellness escape resort thing. Um, and like Perhaps it was the Joker role by getting crazy. That's what crazy people were saying. And then yeah, because after the Joker, he just never recovered. Yeah, that's he's become a little unhinged. A little is an understatement. Um, last thing I want to mention uh, that we actually watched is uh, The Ghost Bride. That's a series that just came out on Netflix as well, season one or part one or volume one, I think they call it. Um, I give it 7 out of 10. I thought it was pretty yep. good. It's only six good. episodes. It gets boring. It gets boring after four, but, you know, it, it's very predictable, but it was still pretty good. Um, and the only other thing that we, when we went to see Bad Boys for Life, we saw the trailer for The Invisible Man. Yeah. And I'm, like, pumped for The Invisible Man. And there was also the poster for The Grudge. Yeah, which looks... I think what I should do is drag up the other Drudge movies from the... Drudge. Drudge. Dredge them up. Dredge them up from the uh, the, the video vault on the, the shelf somewhere. Um, do you have the other Grudge movie? Yeah. I feel so like the, I think is that got, the one... The Grudge is Samara? Uh, in the well? No, that was um, The Ring. That's right. The Ring. No, The Grudge is the one where you enter the house... And then essentially the entity attaches itself I to. Think I, the, I, I remember the trailer where is it Scarlett Johansson is washing her hair and there's bumps under her head. Yeah. Is it Scarlett Johansson? Uh, don't don't hold me to it. I don't know. And she turns around because she thinks someone's there. Yeah. That's the only scene I remember. Just that trailer. Um. So, jumping ahead to comments, we only received one this week. Hey, that's and good. This is from Bob the Science Guy. Uh, who plugged his YouTube channel and video about the same topic that he discussed literally four days after hand. But um, he has, I think this is his third video on the fraud of Andrew Wakefield. Um, from what I could tell, allegedly, Bob the Science Guy is a physician from Northern Michigan. Um, um. And he does STEM education for homeschoolers and the general public. And he pretty much debunks... Ah, conspiracies, they're a little far out there. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoy a good conspiracy. Yes. Um, conspiracy jam. A different, you know, he actually does the science behind it. So, yeah. uh, from what I could tell, in the actual video he linked on our video on YouTube, um, he also goes through the actual articles. Yep. Like, he referenced them in his Yeah, that, which is great. Notes. So, it's not, that's the reason why I'm plugging him. It's not like me saying. Yeah. Good, good um, research. Good on him. Yeah, so oh, right, I'm going to actually him. check out his yeah. channel and see. Because we might get some video ideas from you, Mr. Yeah, Bob. No, so, yeah, thanks, Bob. And uh, thanks for the science, guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, weekly news. Weekly news. Number um, one. I mowed the lawn. Uh, no, that would have been in your life update, darling. Yeah, but that's still news. No, it's, it's news not. to everyone else. Um, weekly it? news. We just want to pester everyone to remember to register on red, register.redcross.org.au. Yep. Fire season's only going to get worse. Absolutely. And also, probably the, the hottest thing that's going around at the moment is coronavirus. So, yeah, just uh, keep uh, eyes on the news about that. Because... And everyone, seriously, be safe. Uh, wear your P2 masks yep, or your P98 P2 masks. masks. And 
limit your contact with other people. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Everyone's a... going back to uni in a month, oh. and um, there are a lot of international students that are going to come home, or come back from overseas, I should say, coming from home and whatnot. Yep. Um, so just be careful. So it's going to be crazy. And if you have flu-like symptoms, stay at home. Yes. Stay, you know... Stay home and play Halo. That way you can eradicate the flood. The flood. Stop. Um, And the only other thing is... See, this is the part that everyone's like, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi, and not to take away from them, but there were seven other people who were on the helicopter. I don't even know what their names are. No. Um, But also equal respect, love, blessings to their family. Yeah, that's sad. Um, It's not just Kobe and Co. No, that's... On um, that, you know, chartered... Um, chartered flight plan so um, yeah heartbreaking and poor Vanessa who's the wife mother yeah um, she only gave birth a few months ago to their fourth their fourth child so imagine what she's going through going through a lot yeah so So, um, heartbreaking stuff absolutely you don't want that Um, so just because all that sort of stuff literally broke last couple of days we don't have that much info so no. we'll cover it a bit more next time but the fact that they're building um you know how i was talking to you about it and i was like oh i think they're severely underreporting numbers yeah h3 podcast also said that and it's like there's no way they're only building no you know that they're building it for only that amount of people he thinks that you know how they said oh 17 people have died he thinks seventeen thousand people have died imagine that that's a big you and know you had to like oh a thousand oh, oh. people are real he thinks ten thousand to a hundred thousand are real Easily. Easily. So. So, you know, it's a populace. Like, you look at the size. If you want to practice PPE. Yeah. Uh, sterilization techniques. And stay safe out there. It's a crazy world. Absolutely crazy. Not as crazy as my jokes. Um, also, what are the chances that three pandemics happen in three centuries in a row? Hmm. Makes, uh, you know, definite conversation starter. Hmm. Alrighty. I have one um, article that I want to discuss with you today. Excellent. And this is one where we're going to need to talk in... It'll take about 20 minutes, but it'll be worth it. Yep. You ready? Yep, yep. Um, This is from the Washington Post. An airline employee took a woman's number from her bag tag, then harassed her via text, lawsuit says. Oh. The text messages were complimentary at first, then a little strange, and then chilling. Ashley Barno was in a boarding area at San Diego International Airport awaiting her Chicago-bound flight when a message from an unfamiliar number flashed across her iPhone screen saying hello and asking how she was doing. The person then added, by the way, I must tell you that you're gorgeous. Wow, stepping over the line. At this point she doesn't know who it is, right? She's just in an airport and she gets, hi, hello, how are you, what are you doing? By the way, I must tell you that you're gorgeous. Right? So she has no idea who this person is. Yeah. And then she said she thanked the sender for his flattery at the point she didn't know that he was a he, right? And asked for his name. She asked how he had gotten her number um, and she asked why he was texting her. And he says, you guess, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Uh, he added that he worked for American Airlines and that was, you guessed it, the operating flight that she was about to board. <sighs> going to get worse. I just saw you at the airport again, he wrote, 
telling her in a later message, you are looking very gorgeous in a grey top today. And so when I read that, like, I imagine staring at my phone, turning around, like my head's on a swivel, looking to see who's staring at me. Yeah. That's one of my biggest fears. Absolutely. Right? And then so that's what she does because that's your natural instinct. She knows she's wearing a grey shirt and she's whipping her head around the gate area, glancing around. She's obviously scared. Uh, apparently this thing happened. They're calling it a disturbing encounter, which is a lot more than an encounter. But let me tell you, uh, it occurred in April and it covered about more than 100 text messages that were later shared with the Washington Post. And it spurred a lawsuit against the airline. So it should. And uh, now a now former employee of allegations of negligent hiring, sexual harassment and stalking. Yeah, this is completely unacceptable. And yeah. if I was copying that, I'd be like, what the hell is going on? So when you read that and you're like a now former employee, so he's obviously been fired for it. I don't know how soon after the incident... Uh, maybe the article getting to that. I mean, obviously, if you've received a text saying, um, hi, this is uh, customer service from, say, this particular airline, where, where could you please contact um, desk, blah, 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 we have your baggage. But no one would text you that. No, they that would, would call you, whether call. it be over the PA or yeah. through the actual airline's phone. This is completely... This is, you know, it's got nothing like to do. Privacy it's got nothing to do with American Airlines. No, it's it's just the fact that he, ha she happened to be on that flight, and he happened to be an employee of the company. Yeah. So, it's eight months later. Uh, she says she still feels nervous when she travels. She still fears that she's being watched, which is completely. I don't want to say justifiable because then that makes sense. You know, that makes it okay what he did to her. Yeah. But I can understand why she would feel that way. Apparently, American Airlines did not answer answer specific questions about the allegations or the case. But a company spokesman confirmed that a man was employed by American Airlines at the time, but he wasn't on duty during the alleged harassment. But it's good to see that it wasn't the what happens off duty stays off duty. No. That he upheld, like he has, when, even when you don't work for the company and you slander the company or whatever, you still have a morality clause. Absolutely. I believe. And, you know, if you don't abide by those rules, you, you know, terms and conditions, you, you are terminated. For sure. So the spokesperson said we investigated the allegations and took appropriate action. Um... Ashley says that the messages continued even after she got on the plane. She would text him, this is weird. Um, she learnt that he was on the board as like on the plane as well. Uh, he identified himself as Ahmad after she kept pressing him to identify himself. He's told her that he saw her get on the plane and that he watched silently as she passed his aisle 15 seat. Jeez. He told her he'd be able to get her a better seat. Uh, Do you want to sit next to me? He asked her. And he asked her twice, what's your seat number? He told her he wanted to chat the whole flight and plead again, will you join me? Question mark, question mark. I have two seats open next to me, exclamation mark. So during their back and forth, he initially claimed that she, actually herself, had given him her phone number. But when she pressed him, um, he said, honestly, I got it from your bag tag. 
And then immediately you jump to the fact that, well, it's not just my name and my phone number that's on there. It's also my address. Yeah. So she says, not okay. Not no, cool. not okay at all. Leave me alone. And then he barrages, like shotguns, 10 messages saying that friendship with me would be very beneficial for you. I can always give you good seats, access to lounges and free flights. You can think about it. Uh, I'm just looking for one chance to prove myself. I will be very respectful to you always. And straight away, this makes me feel like this guy's looking to get married. Yeah. I'll always be... Res- like, we haven't even met. No. And then, so, she doesn't reply. So, he goes, oh, I think it's a no then. And then he attached an animated picture of a man holding a flower with script reading, forgive me, below. So, a meme. A giffy meme. Yeah. And then, three and a half hours later, he says, hey... Then, how was your flight? Then, Chicago is your final destination? Imagine if he camped at the airport for days. Waiting. Waiting for her to get back. That would be very, very unsettling. So apparently when she was on the flight, she flagged down a flight attendant. And she told, as she told this flight attendant about the messages she was receiving, um, apparently from the man seated several rows in front of her. She was obviously in tears. The flight attendant, she said, was very kind. Um, and they made, she made sure that the two of them were separate the whole time. And she kept checking in with yep. Ashley. Um, so, literally, they have some snapshots here. And it's like... Uh, so, she texts him. So, I gave you my number. What airport? Uh, tell me otherwise the phone is not going to work once we're airborne. Will you join me? So, tell me otherwise because he's like, oh, will you come sit with me? Yeah. I have two seats open next to me. And she's like, I gave you my number, question mark, question mark, question mark. And he's like, honestly, I got it from your bag tag. And then she replies with, that's what I thought, quick exclamation mark. And he's like, I really like you, two exclamation marks. Which airport, three exclamation marks. Then he says, can we know about each other? Yeah. So essentially, it's stalking. Um, and then he, he replies, San Diego, and she's like, today? And he's like, come on, join me. Yes, lol. And then that's when she says, not not okay, not cool. Then he keeps pressuring and says, I have two seats open next to me. And then good for her, she says, good for you. Yeah. It would be an interesting flight, it. Everything else, what I told you is true. And you can tell from the language, I'm not being disrespectful, but you can tell that this person is not a native English speaker. Yeah, so it's a broken English. Okay, it's up to you, but friendship with me will be very beneficial. I can always give you good seats, access to the lounges and free flights. You can think about it. But if it's still a no, it's up to you. I will not bother you again. But at least give me one chance to prove myself. And he just kept going. And, uh, well, they said that they they exchanged hundreds of emails. Sorry, text messages. Uh, So they touched down the Chicago O'Hare International Airport. Uh, Security guards escorted him straight off the plane. As you do. Uh, and the flight attendant told her this isn't the first time he's done something like this. Wow. So serial offender. Right. And so why didn't American Airlines do something about it before? Exactly. They knew he was on the flight. So um, the spokesperson declined to comment on this past allegation thing, uh, citing impending litigation. Yeah. But he said that the company knew of its employees' propensity to inappropriately contact its customers, yet continued to retain him as an employee. Great. Um, uh, So this must be her representative, sorry. 
Um, American Airlines did not do a sufficient job in hiring and supervising employees to keep its customers safe from sexual harassment and stalking. And see, that's the thing. Like, when you apply for a job, they do all the security checks. Yeah. But after you've gotten the job, after you've started the working, how are they going to know if you've done something? They're not. Right? Because they don't keep doing checks no, on you only after places you've gotten the where job. It's... Like, if you need a working... Would it... Does America have working with children's checks? I don't know. Would a flight attendant need a working with children check? Yes. Because there's going to be children on the flight. Potentially. A bag- Maybe he was a baggage handler? Possibly. I don't know. So apparently this guy didn't stop contacting her for a long period of time. And he sent her sexually suggestive images. She tried to contact American Airlines for months. And then she hired her representative to contact them on her behalf. All she wanted was assurances that the airline had disciplined the man um, and had taken steps to assure the same thing doesn't happen to someone else. But the company wasn't responsive and no one told her the man was no longer employed there. And her res- her representative says that adds a lot of insult to injury. injury. And the poor person, um, since the incident, she's had trouble sleeping, eating and socialising, which... Can you, th- can you imagine why? Uh... And she just says that she, when she realised that they're on the flight, same flight, she was terrified. Just knowing what he, just knowing that he knew what I looked like, and we were in an enclosed aeroplane, and there's no way out. Like really, really scared me. And you can talk shit a smack like, what is it? Snakes on a plane. There's nowhere to go. This is an actual person, and you don't know. Like imagine that you'd be looking out your window every single day, worried if yeah. this person that you don't know what they look like is going to show up. They just, you know, imagine that you go home and there's someone on your front door. Who are you? Oh, I saw your bag tag. You fucked. Yeah, stop that's that. it. Everyone invests in security cameras, and that's it. And don't tell people you have them. So, talking about investing in security cameras. Dun dun dun. dun. Today's topic. We're gonna start our global surveillance series. I know we've already covered, um, what's that place called? What's the, the American one that you wanted? The mountain? Cheyenne Mountain. Yeah, Cheyenne yeah. Mountain. So in case you're wondering what the global surveillance is, it's anything, you know, larger than your backyard and including your backyard. It's global, which means global. We're talking about stuff like CCTV footage, programs, databases that have been made, people who have leaked things. <coughs> Facebook. Specifically today, we're going to do something a little bit closer to home, yep. and that is Pine Gap. Because you mentioned after we covered Cheyenne Mountain, you want to talk about Pine Gap. Uh, no, we're not talking about the Netflix series. Which was good. Which is good. I hope they renew it. Um, but we're talking about the actual military base that's up in Northern Territory, and apparently it's the closest thing to Area 51 that Australia has. Yep. So, when I was doing some preliminary research, everyone knows how much I love Reddit, right? So, on the subreddit memes, uh, posted four months ago by LoomHire223555, us Aussies must drive down to Pine Gap the day before the raid, the Area 51 raid, right? Yep. The info you will provide will be fundamental to the success of the raid. 
and then you posted this meme and it says when you can't go to the Area 51 raid because you live in Australia but then you remember that there is a joint it's, it says joint but you know it means joint US spy base in the centre of the country with tactical information for the attack and then it's the CU in the NT which spells out cunt yep. um, the top end is different from the bottom end September 19 yeah. so um, and then someone called Cybergothy Chi said, I love a plundered country, a land of corporate gains. Yeah, all them gains. You know, they love a sunburnt country. Yeah. A land. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just taking the piss. Alrighty. So, what do you know about Pine Gap before we launch into this? Have you been there? No. Have you been close? No. What do you know about Pine Gap? Pine Gap, basically, it's just a, you know, like deserty bush, well, mostly desert. Um, it's a valley. And essentially, it's just global surveillance. Very, very big global surveillance because where they are, there's not much interference so they can get clear signals. So, uh, yeah. Alrighty, hoity, hoity. So, this is where I begin. Please interrupt me if you have anything extra to add or you want to discuss what I say. So, Pine Gap is... Uh, most commonly used name for the US satellite surveillance base and Australian Earth Station and it's approximately 18 kilometers or 11 miles for our Americano friends southwest of the town of Alice Springs in the state of Northern Territory it's a territory not a state um, which is it's technically almost smack bang in the middle of the country uh, and it's jointly operated by US and Australia it's believed to be so remote that it makes interception from other nations difficult. So pretty much other nations and organisations can't receive what they're broadcasting or transmitting. And no employees or organisations at the base are allowed to discuss what occurs on site. The running conspiracy is that only Americans or US operatives have access and control of the satellites from the facility. So it's only Americans in charge. Uh, more recently, it was suggested that drone strikes could be controlled from the facility. Very cool. So, if you do a simple Google search, you can find a lot of aerial photographs of the site online, and people um, actually code things like, this building is Q1A, this shack is Q4A, and so on and so forth. Um... I found one just for us in the show notes at nautilus.org. So it's a pretty big sprawling base and as you said in a valley. So the official Australian Department of Defence spiel on their website is and I want to point out that this article yep. was written via Laura Jones. Right here. Right? Which to me doesn't seem like a real name at all. Like, the only more obvious thing that they could do was be like, Jane Doe. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I feel like they just took two really big Aussie woman names, Sheila names, and plugged them together. Yeah. Very strange. Right? How? I couldn't... Anyway, whatever. So, their spiel. The Joint Facility Pine Gap... Sorry. The Joint Defence Facility Pine Gap has started generating power from natural gas in a move that is both cost-effective environmentally friendly. Since Pine Gap's construction 45 years ago, the facility has generated all of its power with diesel fuel generators. 
the new natural gas pipeline is Pine Gap's first physical connection to an energy utility outside the facility, which to me would be deemed unsafe, but that's a different story. Pine Gap, which is located 30 kilometres outside Alice Springs in the Northern Territory, is a joint Australia-United States intelligence collection facility that contributes to the national security of both nations by providing information on terrorism, the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction, and military and weapons developments. Through Pine Gap, Australia also supports the United States in space, sorry, in its ballistic missile early warning program by hosting a space-based infrared system relay ground station. In March last year, Defence signed a 15-year contract with the Northern Territory Power and Water Corporation to supply natural gas to, to Pine Gap. I'm so sorry, my dyslexia. <coughs> The pipeline linking Pine Gap to the existing Darwin to Alex Springs pipeline was constructed by APA Group under contract to Investor Limited. At the time, Defence was negotiating the contract. Pine Gap's engineers were installing four new dual diesel natural gas generators in the facility's powerhouse. The new generators ran on diesel fuel until the pipeline was commissioned and now form the backbone of Pine Gap's more efficient power station. Constructing even a short length of gas pipeline in the Australian outback was no mean was no mean feat and was not without uniquely outback incidents. Construction crews had to deal with outback wildlife like snakes and dingoes. At one stage, a large bushfire burned up to the Pine Gap perimeter fence, threatening not only Pine Gap's property but the unfinished gas pipeline and the gas pressure reduction station. A construction crew had to be called out in the middle of the night to move their trucks and equipment from the fire front and also help the Alice Springs Volunteer Bushfire Brigade prevent further spread of the fire towards Pine Gap. Fortunately, the pipeline construction right of way made a fire break that protected the not yet buried pipeline. Deputy Secretary Intelligence and Security Steve Meekin and US Governed Gover Gover Government Counterpart Bruce Carlson attended a, a recent commissioning ceremony for the new pipeline, marking a new era in power generation for Pine Gap. Where in there tells you what they do? Yeah, sure does. We don't want some spiel about how the Americans and the US fought a fire together. No. Yes, good old for comrades and shit, yep, but congrats. come on, right? Well, this goes on. So, I don't think... It's all about <laughs> pipelines. No. I don't think that Laura Jones is real. No. What about if the pipeline was for transporting drones? But why would it go underground and go up? What do you think about it though? What if they're running robots underground? But, I'm just, it's just... but where would they? Where's the exhaust leading to? Why would they go underground when drones drones fly? Yeah, but they can just have remote drones. The you know how big drones are. Yes. If we're talking about massive UAVs, what about if it's like Netflix is seriously being controlled by Prime Gap? That's why they got shut down, and there's not a second Look, season. Yet if thing. PlayStation, Sony, aka Sony couldn't get their act together with their underwater pipes that um, the, what do they call them? The sharks have to Deep chew because cables. it because it stuffed with their electromagnetic radiation so they ate the cables, yep. right? What's left for Pine Gap? Nothing. They've got lots of gaps in the pines. So all I'm saying here is it's a little sus that the DOD ain't saying much. Yep. 
So, since 1988, the facility has officially been called the Joint Defence Facility Pineback, or JDFPG. Previously, it was misleadingly known as the Joint Defence Space Research Facility. So that means that they were doing... I reckon that means that they were doing space stuff at that point in time. So the station is partly run by the US Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, the US National Security Agency, or NSA, and the uh, US National Reconnaissance Office, or NRO, and it's a key contributor to the NSA's global interception effort, which includes the Echelon program, which again is another topic for another week, but it's um, run out of Pine Gap, at least Ooh. in part. So from what I can tell, what I read, Pine Gap is perhaps the most important United States intelligence facility outside of US soil. It plays a vital role, as we said, in the collection of a very wide range of signals, um, intelligence, and it provides very early warning ballistic missile launch information, information regarding the targeting of nuclear weapons. Uh, it provides battlefield intelligence data for the US armed forces when they were operating in Afghanistan and elsewhere, apparently it helped out during Iraq. Um, it critically supports US and Japanese missile defense, supports arm control verification, and contributes targeting data to the US drone attacks. So the classified in our own name of Pine Gap is the Australian Mission Ground Station, or AMGS, uh, while the unclassified cover term for the NSA function of the facility is rainfall. Yeah. So when you hear rainfall, do you not picture drones falling out of the sky? Yes, I do. Right? Absolutely, I do. <laughs> um, see, here's what I don't understand. If no one can talk about it, how do they know this information? You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's a different story. So when it comes to the facilities, not only have they spoken in large about the pipeline, but you can actually look at, like we said, aerial shots. So you can't get into the facility, but you can get close to the facility, yeah. right? And you can take, pending you get in there, you don't get close enough for someone to quickly get to you, you can take a photo of the base. It yeah. would be very sus. I'm sure they'd be able to figure out who you are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They'd have security footage up to the road, like covering the road. But say that you took a photo of it. Right? That's what some people have done, as well as aerial stuff like Google and whatnot. Yeah. And so from what people can tell, facilities at the base include a massive computer complex with 38 radomes protecting radio dishes. And so for people like me who had a, just an inkling of what a radome was, they're those massive white domes that um, sit over, I would think, um, what do they call them? Telescopes. That's how I know them. Right? Yeah. But apparently they use them as weatherproof enclosures to protect the radar antennae. Um, and apparently minimally attenuates the electromagnetic signal that's transmitted from yep. the antenna. So it's like an amplifier to effectively trans um, transparent to radio waves kind of thing. So it like protects the antenna and it like muffles some shit out of there so they can transmit a clearer signal. Yeah. And you'd also imagine being in the desert it would protect it from dust. Yeah, rain. basically, I suppose, Tsunami windstorms, season, dust is like monsoons. sandblasting. Yeah, so. and that would corrode over time. Yeah. 
So apparently they have over 800 employees divvied up between the US and the Oz people. NSA employee David Rosenberg, he indicated that the chief of the facility was a senior CIA officer at the time of his service there. And as you said, um, quite similarly, um, they chose the location strategically, but it's strategically significant because it controls the US spy satellites as they pass over a third of the globe. Um, so these regions include China, the more Parasia uh, parts of Russia, uh, and the Middle East, which yeah. would have been important during the, uh, the Stan Iraq wars. So Central Asia, as you said, was chosen because it was too remote for spy ships passing in international waters to intercept the signal because you're broadcasting straight out, right? Yeah, yeah. And then is it true that once it hits the satellite, you need to have the encryption data yes. to decode that, right? Yeah. So from the point of them sending it up, it's all um, encrypted. Yeah, Thank you. Encrypted. Yeah. Uh, so the facility has become a key part of the local economy. So in terms of the people that work there, they may obviously have um, rent that is subsidised by their governing agencies. But you can imagine that supports, you know, the local economy that way. you got to shop. you got to buy food. You're going to go out. You're going to do things. Yeah. Um, you're a tourist. Even most Aussies wouldn't go there. You know what I mean? You smack like It's beautiful country out there. And I just see it in movies and shit. But you can imagine you'd want to go out, do sightseeing, do activities. You're going to want to take, um, like, an actual local, you know? You're yep. to take, what do they call them? Like, an actual legitimate guided tour by someone whose family has grown up on that land for generations, right? Yeah. That contributes to tourism. Um, you're gonna, you need to eat, right? You need to shop. You do. So what are you going to do? Obviously, here, I think there's a bit of... There's a lot of, and rightly so, talk about the fact that how can a government that's not Australia own such a very big part of Australian heritage? Yeah, because that's not for white man, but it is Koori land. Yes. Right? It's owned by the Koori people. So, allegedly, I don't know how factual this is, but allegedly there is payments made. I'm not yeah. saying it's real. If it's not publicised by the government, it may not be, right? You'd think that they would say something like that. But people say that apparently it's hush money under the table yeah. to operate. Oh, also too, just quickly, um, I had someone contact me saying I was being racist because I was saying Curie people. Um, just to be clear, um, Curie is a demonym for an uh, Aboriginal Australian from either New South Wales or Victoria. It's not being racist. It's being um, culturally respectful. And a lot of people, like some people, like to choose their pronouns. Yes. He, she, they, there. They don't yes. like to be called indigenous. No. They say, I'm not a bloody flower. I'm not a bloody tree. Yeah. So, it's Kuru Nation. Yeah, Kuru Nation. Or Kula Nation. Kula Nation. In Victoria, I think yeah. like Melbourne's Kula Nation. So, um, yeah, it's... You know, you have different... Um, uh, different tribes. Tribes. So it would vary between the, the tribe different, and group. So, yeah, and the not, slightly varying language as well between Yeah, them. different dialects. Languages, yeah. everything. So I just wanted to touch base on that person uh, because apparently they're from Sweden. So oh, they yeah. yeah um, bridge just, of knowledge there. Yeah, bridge of knowledge. Um, so essentially, yeah, it's just uh, different people refer to it and we want to try and... You it's know, like saying Inuit. Yes. 
you want to be as respectful as possible. You're, you're um, calling it by the tribe. Exactly. Yeah, um, so that's why a lot of these... You see different um, uses. They'll either say Kuri or Aboriginal because most people know Aboriginal. So. I, I'd like to point out when we were recording this, um, yesterday was quote-unquote Australia Day. Yeah. We don't support Australia Day being on the 26th of January. Um, to us, even though we're white... Um, Australians that have come down we see it as Invasion Day uh, yes we support the idea of Australia Day but we think it should be celebrated on a different date that's all I'm going to say so yeah that's a big thing in Australia at the moment rightly so yeah. it needs to be fixed and rectified straight away it should never have been that but I promise you we are not yeah. and we know a, you know I know a lot of Aboriginal people. Not that that makes us okay. In you just don't want people being racist. And I guess some people don't know. I guess some people don't know. That's probably why you were contacted, and they were like, "Hey, if you are, stop it." I guess some people wouldn't know, and that's fair enough. So, uh, yeah. So apparently, when you hit the road, it says there's a massive sign. It says "No through road." (laughs) All right. So sorry. Can we take a little detour? Um. Every time I see. No, through right. I think. Don't. Hold on two seconds. Let me just. <laughs> don't through. Don't go road. So the deal is, ten years ago, when my mother took my brother, herself, obviously my my grandmother and I, to Queensland, we were driving around, and I was chief navigator, and my grandmother had to sit in the front seat because you know how Baba gets car sick. So me, chief navigator, with Brisways, in the back. Right? I'm telling mum where to go. And you know how there are the massive roundabouts? Some of them had been... no. Had I was going to say it again. I uh, have no through road on them for some of the turn-offs because it's private property, yep. right? And farms and stuff. And it's the backs of, like, some of the parks. And she was like, don't go road. No, 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 don't go. So mum would be like, oh, Steph, where am I going? I'm like, oh... It's the, you know how you have to say the third exit or whatever? And I said, oh, we have to go right, it's the next one. And then Bubba would be like, don't go rod, don't go rod, no go Because <laughs> that was the way he was saying, no through road, no hate. Again, I love my grandmother. But, uh, sorry, it just, that just evoked, it unlocked a memory for me. So it says, no through road, joint defence facility, Pine Gap, prohibited area, turn around now. Yeah, that's... Uh, do you think anyone's taken the step past that sign? Oh, yeah. I would do it. Do you realise, too, a lot of people don't realise that at Pine Gap, they see these golf balls that are essentially... The domes. The domes. What they don't actually realise, and this is part of the conspiracy of Pine Gap, that's where we actually think, being it's close to the centre of Australia, that is essentially where they're breeding drop bears. Oh, stop it! You think about it, though. No, don't talk shit. We're talking Stealth legitimate things. Stealth drop bears. Do you know that some people actually think that path is mined? Yeah, it would be. Well, it'd be theirs. It's not mine. But you think about it. This some... is why you don't talk. But I love talking. And also, bouncing Bettys would be really, really fun. And they also train boxing kangaroos. So, now we're going to talk a little bit about the operating history of the facility. So, in late 1966, in the throes of the US and Soviet Cold War, a joint US-Australian treaty um, was made, and it called for the creation of a US satellite surveillance base in Australia, and that was subsequently titled the Joint Defence Space Research Facility, which was later renamed. 
But anywho, uh, so at that time in 1966, the purpose of the facility was initially referred to in public as space research. And operations started in 1970 when about 400 American families moved to Central Australia. You were going to say something? No, no, I'm just listening at this point. Sorry. So during his term in office, um, the Australian Prime Minister, Go Whitlam, he was Prime Minister between 72 and 75. He threatened to close Pine Gap. um, And according to Victor Marchetti, who was the CIA officer who helped set up Pine Gap back in the day, um, threatened the threat to close Pine Gap caused epilepsy in the White House and a kind of coup was set in motion. So on the 11th of November 1975, um, the day that Whitlam was supposed to inform Australian Parliament about the secret CIA presence in Australia, he was summoned by the Governor-General um, of Australia at the time, Sir John Kerr. And then Sir John Kerr invoked archaic uh, vice-regal reserve powers and then he so he has those powers set there but I think he does have to call in and explain himself to Her Royal Highness Um, and he essentially he sacked the Prime Minister so since the end of the Cold War in 1991 and yes sorry just quickly too um, a funny thing is the the pose of the question of how cold was the Cold War and that's an ongoing joke but Essentially, the reason why it's called the Cold War... Because of nuclear weapons, right? Because it had two parts. They had hot moments and cold moments. So essentially, the Cold War part of the Cold War was when everyone was a bit edgy and nothing was happening. I thought so, it was Cold War because of the nuclear weapons and it would have indeed become a cold climate. That's, But also, I suppose, Russian you know, winters and everything. Oh. But essentially, the Cold War um, pertains to nothing happen, happening. Oh, That's okay. why there's a lot of espionage. So subversion all that sort of stuff so you think about it there was little incursions so they were the hot moments of the cold war but the cold war essentially was just both sides going we got nukes you got nukes and i should also mention we probably should have done a disclaimer um we're very much for democracy yeah um yes we're talking fact and we occasionally a lot throw in a lot of trash talk um but azio if you are listening we're very very respectful citizens yeah um, I actually have books about you. Yes. Um, and I very much respect what you do. Um, and I considered applying to work for you, but I'm sorry, Canberra's in the middle of nowhere. And the one time I went to Canberra as an adult, nothing happened after 11 o'clock. Everyone was gone. This cr- look, 10.58, there were people on the road, Michael. There were people driving, right? Hundreds of people. The clock struck 11 and everyone was gone. Yeah. Right? So I'm telling you something's happening in Canberra. Well, so I know I, what I, happened I in 1991. What happened in 1991 in Canberra? Soviet Union fell. Right. And they didn't get back up again. Because of... You're going to piss off the Russians. Sorry. Sorry. Listen, I'm, my only way out of this this research stress hey, is Russian. to get me some Russian billionaire yeah. dollar. Gonna marry myself off to some Russian billionaire, and I'ma be living my life. So how about like you know what if we sent like a, a a kangaroo squad to go into Pine Gap and fill the gaps? Would it still be called Pine Gap? Stop. Why not? So since the end of the Cold War in 1991 and the rise of the War on Terror in 2001. The base was seen as um, being refocused away from the main nuclear treaty monitoring and missile launch detection systems nuclear. to become a vital war fighting base for the US military yes. force. 
1999, with the Oz government refusing to give details to an Australian Senate committee about the relevant treaties, intelligence expert Professor Des Ball, who was from Australian National Uni, or ANU, was called to give an outline of Pine Gap. And according to him, since the 9th of December 1966, when both the Australian and US governments signed the Pine Gap Treaty, Pine Gap had grown from the original two antennas to about 18 in 1999 and 38 in 2017. Mm. So the number of staff had increased from around 400 in the early 1980s to 600 in the early 1990s and then to 800 in 2017, which had been the biggest expansion since the end of the Cold War. So the facility is the ground control processing station for geosynchronous satellites engaged in signals intelligence collection and it outlines four categories of signals collected. The first is telemetry from advanced weapons development and this is information that can be derived from basic missiles and it's used for arms control verification. Uh, signals from anti-missile and anti-aircraft radars, transmissions intended for communication satellites and microwave emissions such as long distance telephone calls. And also too, just for the people who are like real tech buffs on antennae and satellites and everything. And for the people who are not too familiar, geosynchronous satellites are satellites that are in position and they orbit with Earth's rotation. Yes, so it's almost like a permanent piece of a puzzle they're locked yep. in. And did you know, regarding the amount of trash that is in space at the moment... Due to Thank you, Elon Musk. Sort of stuff, Thank you. They want to actually clear it all up because it becomes hazardous because to actually get in the way. Um, satellites or spaceships or anything into that area, they have to go have through to all go the around trash. It and have to choose the right window. There you go. And also, dumb Elon Musk, um, he hasn't painted his stuff blue. Uh, sorry, black. So when people take imagery from Earth, his junk is in the way. Yep, all in the way. So there you go. So the operational area contains three sections, being the satellite station, the keeping section, um, which is the keeping section rather, the signals processing station, and the signals analysis section. And apparently Australians were barred from the signals analysis section until the 1980s. So Australians are now um, officially barred not only from the National Cryptographic Room. So, right. Let me say this in English. So the Australians have their own cryptographic room and the Americans have their own cryptographic room, right? Yeah. The Aussies can't go into the American and the Yanks can't go into the Aussies. Right? Yeah. So they're barred. Similar to like the DMZ. Think of it like that. They're... Yes. Yeah, you need clearance to... Not clearance, you're just not allowed in there. No. So for instance, if something was to happen... No, one goes in there. No, so no one goes no in there. No one goes in there. You're Aussie, you go to the Aussie. You're American, you go to the American. You can't go to the... So they have like a room where they meet? No. Oh, they have meetings every day. Yeah. But they analyse their own cryptography and they transmit their own information, right? They might talk about what they did, but one party is not allowed to go in the other party's bedroom. Got it? Yeah. Cool. So if you're dumb like me and you had no idea what cryptography or cryptology was, apparently it's the practice and study of techniques for secure communication in the presence of third parties called adversaries. So more generally, it's about constructing and analysing protocols that prevent third parties or the public from reading private messages, um, and this may include various aspects of information such as data confidentiality, data integrity, authentication, uh, non-repudiation, repudiation. Um, 
uh, central to modern cryptography. And modern cryptography exists at the intersection of the disciplines of mathematics, computer science, electrical engineering, communication science, and physics. So applications of cryptography include electronic commerce, chip-based payment cards, digital currencies, computer passwords, and military communications. Sweet. So what that means is basically encryption. Yep. So apparently each morning, the Joint Reconnaissance Schedule Committee meets to determine what the satellites will monitor over the next 24 hours. So the US mates say, hey, we want to watch the um, Super Bowl. Like, they probably wouldn't, but this is me talking shit, right? Yeah. We want to watch the Super Bowl. And the Aussies would be like, yeah, mate, that's great. The Aussies are playing in the West Indies, so two hours after that, we're going to swap over to feed number two. And then the Americans will be like, we don't get cricket, but if you buy the beers, we'll be down. Oh, right? yeah. Except you can imagine it's about war. Okay? So, apparently, um, there was this place called the Nurungar Base, and it was closed in 1999, and that was when an area in Pine Gap was set aside for the United States Air Force's control station for the Defence Support Program satellites, and these monitor heat emissions from missiles, and apparently that's what gives the first warning of um, ballistic missile launch. Yep. So in 2004, this space began operating um, a new satellite system known as Space-Based Infrared System, and apparently it's still to this day a vital part of the US um, missile defence. So since the end of the Cold War, the station has mainly employed um, to intercept and record weapons and communication signals from countries in Asia, such as China and North Korea. Uh, and the, sec- the station was active in supporting wars in Yugoslavia during the 90s. Um, obviously, we discussed Afghanistan and Iraq. And apparently, every single war that the US has been involved in since the September 11 attacks. So, um, I want to go into a little bit more about the three surveillance systems that we spoke about, right? Yeah. Um, so, these... Three distinct functions and operational systems. Um, they're together. They're there to uh, serve as a ground control station for the Geosynchronous Signals Intelligence or SIGINT um, satellites that were developed by the um, CIA. Yes, sorry. May I interject and also say the reason why you want to be able to detect things like this, and also the reason why uh, Pine Gap is in the smack bang in the middle of nowhere, is an ICBM, also known as an intercontinental ballistic missile, these things can, you know, travel about 10,000 kilometres in 30 to 35 minutes. So you want to know. You want to know because these things travel a, you know, predetermined path and they unload a payload. Can I talk shit for a moment? Sure. Then how come they didn't know North Korea was launching shit? Exactly. Or did they and they just didn't... And did they calculate where it was going? They they potentially went, okay, yep, 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 watching it, watching it, watching it, watching it, bang. Because also, too... When they do missile tests, yeah. a lot of these get, you know, detonated above water. So just crash and splash. But you would still have to call in and let them know. Yeah. You don't want people they'd going, be like, hey, um, they'd say that in the joint meetings where they discuss what's happening that day. They'd say, look, just so you know, our boys are doing this. That's fine. Our people are doing this. Yeah. Which is, um, it's interesting. Like you look at um, what the, actually goes into like the missile 
um, I suppose, guidance systems and sort of, it's, it's more of a case of, it's like a burst and a lot of these can be launched from submarines. Yeah. As much as like, I suppose, Arizona, I think, I can't remember if it's Arizona or not, but America has missile silos. Yeah, so they're just sitting around. there ready to go, boom. Yep. But submarines, because they can stealth. Position themselves. And they just surface and boom, off they go. In any given time, how many submarines are hidden? I'd say knowing America, probably 100. I don't know how many are in service. That's probably something I need to look up. How many Aussie submarines are there in commission right now? Commission? Well, if you count the Collins-class submarine as commissioned... Uh, as some... in active right now. <laughs> yeah, that's more like... How many subs do the Australians have in their arsenal? Mm, let's have a look, shall we? Australian submarine arsenal. Apparently we have six. That makes me feel wow. very safe. safe. And they're all Collins-class subs. <laughs> oh, jeez, they're almost redundant. Is it's, that because we expect the Americans to save us? Pretty much. <laughs> it's... At least they're the ones that look like they know what they're talking... They look like the um, black... What do they want? What do they call the the, the plane? The, SR-71 Blackbird. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say Blackbird, and I'm like, no, that doesn't sound right. At least like they look like the Blackbird of submarines, to be honest. Yeah, and see, the thing is, while America's got all these nuclear Seawolf class, you know... Submarines. We got diesel but electric. Why you know. diesel, bra? You can hear us coming a mile away. But I thought now they're, they're all nuclear. <laughs> it makes me class. Um, so essentially, they're the uh, second largest, you know, non-nuclear submarine. You know, the oldest one was commissioned in '96. These are old. They are old. They're basically rusty, you know, noisy tubs. Tubs. They just. <laughs> just. They make me laugh. So there's the HMAS Collins, the HS, HMAS Duchenne, the Farncom, HMAS Rankin, HMAS Sheehan, HMAS Waller. Yes. The youngest one is Rankin, who was commissioned on the 29th of March 2003. Its commanding officer is Commander Mark Daly. Yeah. And, and apparently the, it's mid-cycle docking, whatever the hell And the Rankin is. was uh, Lieutenant Commander Robert Rankin. So I just I, the one that makes me laugh... Is the Collins like the nineteen ninety six Collins? Just you know, just. <laughs> All uh, right. So, how many destroyers do we have? Uh, destroyers. We only have three. We only have three destroyers. But seriously, though. Brisbane, Hobart, no, Brisbane the third, Hobart the third, and Sydney the fifth. Destroyers. We got drop bears. Can you seriously stop? Space drop bears. How many submarine tech card? That's what I just looked, isn't it? You want to know how you sink a Collins class? No. Knock on the hatch. All right, so how many do the Americans have? How many subs does America have? America subs. (laughs) They have 18 Ohio-class submarines, 14 of which are the Trident II SNBN ships submersible ballistic nuclear, each capable of carrying 24 SLBMSs. Yeah. So they have a lot. They do. They do have a lot. But essentially the Seawolf class submarines are the most advanced. Do you think that they grossly underreport how many Absolutely. of these they have? So maybe Absolutely. Australia has more than six? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think they say six. I have a question for you. Say that there was a mean boat in Port Phillip Bay. Yeah. Right? Between Tassie and us. 
Um, how long would it take for the ballistic missile to get from the boat to where I am right now? Well, if it was, say, like, for instance, 5,000 kilometres? Yeah. 15 minutes. Right? And would anyone be able to shoot that down to stop Stephanie from dying? Yes. Where do we have anti-ballistic machinery? I think we've got SAMs in Perth. Because I know we have some shit in um, Mawala and yeah. we're... What's that fucking called? Talus yeah. is in Benalla. There's probably, you know... Where are our anti-aircraft stuff? It's... All right, this doesn't answer this week's podcast. There's probably some in Northern it? Territory, but, I mean, it's billion-dollar equipment. So mm-hmm. you think about it, there's probably something in Perth. Oh, sorry. There's probably something in Western Australia. There's probably something in Queensland. There's probably something in Northern Territory. However, I know that in Northern Territory, they've got... Silos. Silos. So well, that's what they have in Malwala, and I remember being there, and some dickheads would in the ultralights, they'd fly over the restricted airspace, and you could hear the sirens going, and you could hear the platforms being raised, and you'd be like, that's a fucking tourist. Yeah, just tourists going, oopsies, we're out in the field doing and something. And apparently they chase you down. Well, they will, because if they don't shoot you down, they will fall on you with drop bears. Um, so... Anyway, back on topic. Yes, back on topic. So, apparently, um, out of the 38 satellite dishes or radar domes at Pine Gap, majority of them, and I don't know the exact numbers on how many, are concerned with the core function of controlling the geosynchronous signet satellites that we spoke about, where they process and analyse intercepted intelligence. So, there's also the Relay Ground Station, or RGS, which relays data from US missile launch detection early warning satellites and the overhead persistent infrared or OPIA, um, which was formerly the Defence Support Program, and now includes space-based infrared system to both US and American HQs and command centres. So six satellite terminals at Pine Gap, four in Ray Domes and two unshielded belong to the RGS. And another three are probably associated with the US Missile Defence Agency's space tracking and surveillance systems. Um, I wonder how all this is going to change now, though, because of the Space Force being... I think it'd be incorporated more because... That's what I'm saying. You think they're going to pump it up, you Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. But here's the thing about the whole Space Force. What is actually going to happen? We're talking in the next 100 years. What is actually going to happen? Are we talking about... Okay, so we're going to talk worst-case scenario... To best case scenario. Worst case scenario. Interdimensional travel. Worst case scenario, we piss off some fucking aliens. Or they piss us off and we decide, you know what, we're done with fighting each other, let's fight someone else. Right? Or is it more a case of... Or we um, fuck up Earth completely and we need to invade someone else. Potentially, because also, too, if you can create a mobile base of operations in space, well, we already have the ISS. Technically, they already have that, yeah. though. But if you That's can launch thing. craft from space, you're going to but, decrease on fuel but costs. But NASA and the joint people, like the the Brits that may go there, the um, Chinese, the Japs, the who else go there? They send some people from Brazil, Argentina, yeah, like right? It's a joint, joint agency, operation, right? Yeah. They're not militarized. No. Yes, they may have had command experience, but they're not there like. No. They're not serving 
military no, it's in purely way, just unless you're a commander. Mostly right? science. But you know how in Call of Duty Ghosts, how they're out there shooting shit? Yeah. That's what Space Force is going to be. Oh, yeah. So it's either going to be... All right, so... I know I talk command shit, but I distinctly remember this because this was back when I was 16 years old and I was like, I'm going to be the first girl in the SAS. But I distinctly remember that you had to choose a major, right? Yes. And a lot of people obviously went for the um, desert outfit, but there was Antarctic, Arctic, there was the desert, and there was like water-based and a ton of other shit. And one of them was like space. The final frontier. Because when you think about it, if you're in space and you're dropping down, ain't no one going to know who you are, where you're coming from. No. You know how much shit... You can't stop a, a fucking pylon no. fly, flying from... Yes, it did severely impact the Earth. But think about it from Call of Duty Ghosts, all right? Yes, it's a dramatization, but I'm saying this shit stems from something real. Yeah. If you drop an iron core or pylon into the Earth, that'd do a... Crap ton of damage. Yeah. Also, on another interesting thing, um, not only if anyone has not realized, uh, go have a look at the United States Space Force Department of the Air Force. Oh, have they put a website up now? Yeah, it is United States Space Force. But if Space Force, but if you go look at the logo, we're ripping Star oh, Trek yeah. out the wild. I showed you the comments before. And it gets better because um, the 14th Air Force, Air Force Strategic, was re- redesignated Space Operations Command, or SPOC. Uh, Leonard Lemoy ain't going to be happy about that. No happy at all. You know, apparently they already have 16,000 assigned Yeah, people. they would have just shifted personnel, like just title, just, yeah. So, um, that's going to be interesting. But I don't know why you need, you know, OCP Their website is spaceforce.mil. Jeez, <laughs> uh, makes me laugh. And it looks like a press release. Yeah. So. Um, what have they seen out there that we don't know? You know what? You think about today, it. I don't know what it is with me today, but today I'm like conspiracy central. But you think about it. Pine Gap is now going to have space marines. I'm telling you, space marines are real. Warhammer 40k is now happening. All right, let's get on to the topic. Yes, Pine Gap again. So, apparently since the early 2000s, they've been adding um, interception functions. So they've acquired a lot of Fornstat slash Comstat, which is um, foreign satellite or communication satellite interception machinery. Um, And that's kind of what made them have their separate uh, cryptography um, offices. Apparently, people have spotted two 23-metre dishes which would be suitable in theory for ComSat. Um, they were developed and installed by SIGDEV inside 30-meter radomes between 99 and 2000, and a Taurus multi-beam antenna was installed at Pine Gap in 2008. Jeez. So one of the station's primary functions is to locate radio signals in the Eastern Hemisphere, like we've said, and to feed that information into the U.S. drone program. Uh, This was confirmed by an NSA document in 2003, which says that Pine Gap plays a role in providing geolocation data for intelligence purposes, as well as for military operations, including airstrikes. Um, So you're going to say, what does that mean? What does that mean? Apparently, that's how they found out where Osama bin Laden was. 
And you know how they did the measurements of how tall he was in relation to the sun shadow at that time of day? Apparently that was all done at a pine gap. That's cool. So, on the 11th of July, 2013, documents revealed um, a former NSA analyst, Edward Snowden, showed the Pine Gap amongst three other locations in Australia and one in New Zealand contributed to the NSA's global interception and collection of internet and telephone communications, which involves systems like X-Key Score. So, you're going to say to me, that's a lot of letters. That's what does a that lot mean? of letters. So, I'm going to tell you that apparently if you do something wrong in Australia... That's the only time they're going to intercept you, right? Allegedly, and I kind of like to believe this, not that I do anything illegal, but unless I had suspicious behaviour of going to commit some kind of severe crime, dare I say a terrorist attack, that's only then when they will tap my phones, my devices, right? So general population like us, just talking shit on the internet, we fly under the radar. Yeah, we fly under the radar. But for people who they're actually concerned about that's when they actually intercept um citizens internet and telephone communications using programs such as x key score so don't you have allegedly the tagline is you've got nothing to be afraid of unless you're doing something wrong nefarious yes so this guy called he's a journalist and his name's brian tui which i'm pretty sure tui is a beer but that's a different yeah. He states that Pine Gap intercepts electronic communications from Australian citizens, including phone calls, emails, faxes, as a consequence of the technology it uses. So you're yeah. going to say that's completely different to what you said before, Steph. And this is where I'm going to say yes, but it happens because their tech is so OP, they're going to listen in. Yes. So if I'm calling my mother telling her how I have this massive backache, yeah. they're going to listen to it. And Absolutely. they're going to be like, this dumb bitch from Victoria has a massive backache and is bitching to her mother. Yeah. They're going to listen for a little bit to see if I have any keywords that they're aware of. Yeah, because the monitoring systems have keywords and if you hit them all, they yeah. flag. So if, for example, saw back, mummy, help me. Mummy, I don't know what to do. Mummy, come to the doctors and make an appointment for me because I can't be bothered. If they were keywords, little Steph with her backache at home. Yep. In Victoria, I'm not going to say which suburb to triangulate my position. It's like the Northern Territory. I would be, <laughs> I would be raided. Yep. <laughs> Next week's podcast would, would be uh, through. I don't know what what uh, prison would they send me to. What prisons does Australia have that um, are for bad stuff like yeah. that? Um, Pentridge, which Pintridge. is now defunct. <laughs> so apparently, they do their technologies does intercept citizens' stuff as a consequence of the tech it uses. And again, they screen it. So according to documents that were published in August 2017, Pine Gap is used as a ground station for spy satellites on two secret missions. Mission 7600, with two geosynchronous satellites to cover Eurasia and Africa, uh, Eurasia being Russia. Mission, uh, more specifically, uh, Siberia, from what I understand, and Mission 8300 with four geosynchronous satellites that covered the former Soviet Union, China, South Australia, East Asia, the Middle East, Eastern Europe, and countries on the Atlantic Ocean. Oceans. So there is a second aspect of Pine Gap, which was never kind of envisaged by the government, that the Australian government, 
um, that kind of came as a consequence of it being built. Yeah. So when the US base at Nuranga was closed in 1999, uh, Pine Gap hosted a remote ground station for several generations of US early warning satellites. And um, powerful infrared telescopes on geostationary satellites were able to detect um, thermal signature of ballistic missile launches. And today, this technology, which was originally aimed at providing early warning of possible attack on the US, has been extended to contribute to the rapidly evolving US and Japanese um, missile defense systems, both on land and sea, so they're quite amphibious in nature, and aimed at defeating um, a North Korean missile attack specifically. So Pine Gap's role is to downlink the data indicating a probable launch and compute its um, probable trajectory like we described kind of earlier, right? Yeah. Uh, These warning calculations are then going to be transmitted to less powerful but more fine-grained missile defence radars in the Western Pacific. And then have a... uh, Western Pacific, that's Hawaii, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, which then have a realistic chance of locking onto the missile early in its flight trajectory to destroy it. But without the queuing provided by Pine Gap, this would be very difficult, if not impossible at present. Uh, so that's the reason why that Pine, the Pine Gap facility is such an integral part of the US ballistic missile defense. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. So it bridges a gap. Um, so the next thing that I was quite, I guess someone to say interested to find out is like, who manages the facility? Because if you've got two nations in charge, who's actually in charge, right? Well, it makes me think that partly Australian because it's on Australian land. So, um, I'm not saying in any way, shape or form that this is legitimate, but this figure was published by the Nautilus Institute, um, which is some security institute. I'm not saying it's accurate, but for the sake of me being interested, I thought I might as well cover it with the disclaimer of I'm probably talking mad shit. So apparently um, this has been the management plan since 2007 to today. Yeah. So at the bottom of the tree, we have the, Naval Informa- sorry, the Navy Information Operations Attachment, or NIOD. The USAF detachment, um, 566th Intelligence Squadron, 554th Intelligence Surveillance and Reconnaissance Group, or ISRG. And then we also have Detachment A, Headquarters and Operations Company, 743rd Military Intelligence Battalion, and INSCOM. Then there is also the subunit one, Company A, Marine, and this is where... I kind of like the Marines, in case you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Marine Cryptologic Support Battalion, Marine Cryptologic Support Command, right? So all of those are the working bees. Yeah. Above that, you have the CIA, the NSA, the SCAS, or the Cryptologic Support Groups, the NGA, and the Australian Signals Organisation. Yeah. And then... They're the henchmen of Menwith Hill, Harrogate, Yorkshire, uh, the Pine Gap Alice Springs Chief of Facility, and they also feed to Buckley, Colorado, right? So to me, it was interesting that according to this Pine Gap management team, the Chief of Facility is smack bang in the middle of the tier. Yeah. 
So above those people, including the chief of facility, is the integrated NRO ground stations, yep. right? And then above them, you have the IMINT Systems Acquisition Directorate, the Signet, SIGINT, I should say, Systems Acquisition Directorate, the Communication Systems Acquisition Directorate, the Ground Enterprise Directorate, or GED, or GED, the Mission Operations Directorate, or MOD, Mission Support Directorate, or MSD, and the Advanced Systems Technology Directorate. And above all of them, the, the head honcho, right? The kingpin, if you will, according to this flowchart, is the National Reconnaissance Office, or NRO. Yep. So apparently they're in charge. Hmm. So, um, next I kind of wanted to talk about, we spoke about how, um, and rightly so, there's a lot of um, protesting, not, I didn't say protesting, but there's a lot of um, protests happening because of um, kind of the land it's on as well and some other stuff that happened, which we'll get into now, I suppose. So on the 11th of November of 1983, Aboriginal women led 700 women to the Pine Gap Gates, where they fell silent for 11 minutes to mark Remembrance Day and the arrival of the Pershing two missiles at Greenham Common in Britain. And this was the beginning of a two-week um, women-only peace camp, which is organised under Women for Survival. The gathering was non-violent, and several women trespassed onto the military base, and on one day, um, 111 women were arrested and gave their names as Karen Silkwood, who was an American nuclear worker who died after campaigning for nuclear security, sorry, nuclear safety. Um, so all these women said the same name. Yeah. There were allegations of police brutality and a Human Rights Commission inquiry ensued. Jeez. So um, none of that was okay. Yeah. All right. Yes, they shouldn't have trespassed, but the way they were treated, no. completely wrong. When it was supposed to be um, a non-violent thing, right? So... In December 2005, six members of the Christians Against All Terrorism group staged a protest outside Pine Gap. Four of them later broke into the facility and were subsequently arrested. Jeez. And their trial began on the 3rd of October 2006. And it was the first time that Australia's Defence um, Special Undertakings Acts that was written in 1952 was used. So these, these people were called the Pine Gap Four. And they cross-appealed to have their convictions quashed. However, in February of 2008, the four members successfully appealed their convictions and were acquitted. So they were in jail from 2005, sorry, 2006 to 2008. So just time. under two years. Yeah. I wonder what they saw. Yeah, <laughs> Probably interesting. Nothing. So this is where... Look, I talk a lot of shit. Some shit I have some belief in and some shit... I think is trash but for the sake of covering all the bases because we may never cover this topic ever again I wanted to be you know yeah wanted to cover all the bases so the first conspiracy is that it controls UFOs um, and the article I read said the site article in quotation um, can I just say I found some very weird websites when I was oh, doing Oh, yeah. Research. Once you go down I, this particular rabbit no, hole. I'm being serious. Like, I actually had to put on my VPN because I was scared that they would... 
or I would get arrested for some weird shit. Because I was, we're gonna discuss some of it. Um, I, it took me to a very weird place. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, so this <coughs> article, this is what they say. The site conjures up images of secrecy and power and has attracted the odd conspiracy theory or two. But contrary to some ideas, it has nothing to do with flying saucers, nor does it contain dozens of elaborate tunnels. In short, Pine Gap collects a huge amount of data from signals intelligence, as well as providing information on early warning of ballistic missile launches. It basically attacks as a satellite, acts as a satellite tracking station and its remote location as we said, makes intercepting signals difficult. The next thing was that it has a huge amount of computers. Obviously. Um, because that generates a lot of power. And what do you need a lot of computers for, right? Processing. Exactly. But we're smart people who draw to logic. So Professor Tanter, who's a researcher with the Nautilus Institute for Security and Sustainability, says that the floor space of the site's computer room or operations building has apparently grown massively since the 1970s and now takes up a room the size of the entire playing field of the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Now, when you think about it, that makes sense. That makes sense. And it'd be interesting to see if it's actually underground because obviously being out in the desert is going to be cool underground. Yeah. So it's grown from 400 square metres to 20,000 square metres in less than 50 years. So that's quite an expansion. Yeah. Um, I found this other picture where people have tried to say how long how wide specific buildings are to reason what stuff would be in what building yeah uh to try and figure out the equations of how big the operations room would actually be i'm not saying it's correct but i just thought i'd discuss it so um apparently pine gap in this article employs around a thousand people apparently Australians are completely enmeshed into the management structure at the station. Half the workers are local, and that includes government personnel, operations workers, AFP, which is the Australian Federal Police um, Protective Service Officers, as well as the Australian contractors. The AFP is like saying the FBI, yes. right? They're the national yep. people. Apparently, the Australian government loves having Pine Gap, um, you know, when working with our American buds. Uh, although it does make us, our you know ties to the US make us a target, the Australian government maintained that their presence here is crucial. Apparently, a defence spokesman told News.com.au they made an important contribution to our national security because it does indeed provide intelligence and priorities such as terrorism, proliferation of weapons of mass destruction, and follow foreign military capability and weapons developments. Apparently, a defence um, white paper released late last year also detailed how important Pine Gap was to both governments um, and how it does make a critical contribution to the security interests of both nations. Again, for the same tagline for terrorism, proliferation of weapons of mass destruction, military and weapons developments, and verification of arms control and disarmament agreements, and blah blah blah. So, again, uh, Public people can't get close to it. There was this case of Christian Lamel Ruff, who is a Melbourne-based photographer. He snapped a series of photos of the facility last year, and he obviously went to news.com.au and said, look, I found that security was really tight, and this dickhead even had the audacity to say, oh, yeah, they change around every 10 minutes. So, you know, I'm not saying break in, but I'm saying if you were to break in, you have a 10-minute window. Yeah, that's it. 
Um, however, he did go crazy. on to say that the average person would be lucky to get within a kilometre of it. So even if you could break in, you first have to get to them yeah. undetected. Yeah, which is going to be tough. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of stop spots, stop signs um, in the area. Now, this is where I guess we should talk about the killer drones and spies. killer drones. So... Um, obviously you did think, you, like the logical thing is to think that, okay, because they, apparently Pine Gap has access to satellites on every continent except on Antarctica and the Americas, um, it would make sense that they use drone technology, right? However, what they maintain is that Pine Gap contributes to and only collects data that is then going to be used for US drones. Yeah. Specifically in the Middle East and Pakistan. So it's not them specifically controlling the drones. But if drones go off, they're going to tell their bosses. Yeah. And if their bosses are like, yo, we want to do a drone strike. Can you get us some intel? They'll give the intel to the people who will then launch drone attacks. So the idea of closing the drone warfare program um, is apparently going to be discussed at the next Alice Springs conference. Apparently, Uni Melbourne drone researcher, which I can't believe that's a thing, they're drone researchers, let alone at the Uni of Melbourne. His name is Alex Edney Brown, and he says that Australians have no idea about the alarming rates of civilian casualties from drone strikes or the psychological effects caused by living under drone surveillance, which I can I can only imagine. Yeah. It'd be, you know, pretty debilitating too, because, I mean, you think about how quick drones can deploy and get there. get there and also and we're not simply talking about the little ones that you can get from your JB Hi-Fi or your Best Buy or your Walmart big ones. we're talking about shit that's some of them are longer than planes yeah some of them are shaped like I suppose cruise missiles they're essentially yeah. just missiles they're huge yeah they can go long distance and they're quiet yeah they run silent and they're white so you can hardly tell them yeah so, yeah, that's scary. Um, so, apparently, this person said that laser-guided drone weapons only hit their target radius half the time, while the kill radius of a drone strikes can be up to 90 metres. So, even though the bad person, you're going to hit them directly, poor innocents yep. are going to be in the danger zone. But what they're looking at is, well, none of our danger close. military... Not our people, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. And I'm not saying that that is... That's that's a war crime. Yeah, that is a war crime. And they justify it, which is ridiculous. So you know how I was talking about that weird corner of the internet. Yep. Buckle up. Buckle. <laughs> so you know how we talked about the radar. Yeah. That massive, um, tower. Yep. That they put in there. This website calls it Tesla's earthquake machine yeah. that they're using to maybe destroy cities. They're experimenting with time travel and alternate dimensions. They're making super soldiers like Captain America. They're harboring aliens. There's two hunters out for an overnight joint who say they saw... and So two hunters were allegedly out during the night, right, going hunting. And they saw an alien aircraft emerge from a secret hidden door in the earth. Uh, Two Northern Territory cops reckon they saw aliens beaming light down um, onto... The many radomes scattered over the base. Even one guy says he is recruited by aliens to become a mean black type figure. Um, and that's what this website said. So yeah. I'm sorry, but locals can't get that close. Someone needs to cut down on the Java. 
Big time. So, um, we already already obviously spoke about how since it was built, there's been a lot of anti-war protest activism. Um, even though it has been proven that the facility does provide a lot of vital, vital research and intel. Um, apparently, you know, we spoke about how especially Christians against all terrorism breaking after the Iraq war. Apparently they were clad in white overalls um, and they wore insignia that described them as a citizen inspection team. And these dickheads used bolt cutters to cut through the outer and inner perimeters. So do you think people were sitting in the security room and were just like, do we just throw them a bone? Yeah. And just they would have. They would have had motion detection. They would have seen them. I'm telling you, they have motion and heat sensors. And you know what? Kilometers away. I reckon they just sat there and just went. Oh, you know what? We're bored. Like, let's you know, just show people what we can do. Let's like just. Like as a Oh, gee, something's happening. Wow. Let's have some fun. Let's see how far they can get. You know. <laughs> Good on them. That's hilarious. So, um, yeah, a bit. You know, they just. I suppose. The funny thing about those four, they were uh, arrested and charged with uh, intentionally causing damage to property and having breached two clauses of the Defence Special Undertakings Act of 1952, um, which, funnily, funnily enough, had never been used before. Oh, we already said all that information, but Michael. the fact that that has to be stipulated, put, stipulated shows... They, they have plans for these, mate. <laughs> just, and that's why something like that you just repeat, because... If this was Area 51... You'd be dead. Dead. Australia, it's like, ah, give them a go. I'm I'm telling you that they saw them approaching and they were like... Taking bets. Where is this going? And then they were sort of like, look, How? the only way to get them is to set a good cause where if we get the dickheads the first time, yeah. it's going to turn other people away from doing yeah. it. Because they're using bolt cutters. I'm surprised they're not even... Uh, imagine if they were charged... Yeah. And for the dickheads, they were like, just switch it off so poor Jimmy doesn't get... Fried. You know? Yeah. We don't get sued. Pretty much, <laughs> I bet you. Just turn right. off the fences. <laughs> so there are two conspiracies, in quotation marks, left, and these ones are my favourite. Yep. All right? And this is me lifting straight off their website. Yep. From Pine Gap, there is a 1,400-mile-long tunnel to Northwest Cape Submarine Station where submarines can travel, travel deep into the interior of Australia in Pine Gap to refuel. The Pine Gap base has nine underground levels and an escape tunnel for workers. That part, I believe, the yeah. escape tunnel. The base is designed to survive three nuclear weapons strike, making it the number one target in Australia, which it will be when the time is ripe. The base also houses a nuclear weapons construction factory and also has nuclear missile strike capabilities. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I took that from supersoldiertalk.com yeah. forward slash what lies below. Yeah, that's hilarious. And then, you know how I was talking about that radio tower that yep. they have? This, they go on to say, this is Pine Gap's tribute to Nikola Tesla, reportedly extending some 20,000 feet from below the base is a borehole containing an ultra-low frequency antenna, which is apparently used for secret experiments, supposedly related to Nikola Tesla's resonance theories, as well as low-frequency communications throughout the world. So, um, can we just talk about how they think that submarines are getting through an underground tunnel, refueling at Pine Gap, somehow turning around and then going back in a tunnel? 
Yes. But the thing is, why would you bother? What is the purpose? It's... People are in some hardcore stuff out there. Like, you think about it. If you were to drive from, say, I don't know, Queensland... Like, imagine that. Dro- driving a submarine from Tasmania... Driving a submarine. Dro- Northwest Cape <laughs> Submarine <laughs> Station. Where's Northwest Cape Submarine Station? Let's look that up on maps. Let's Google it. But um, that seems hilarious. I'm surprised that I just don't, you know, pick it up out of the ocean with a helicopter and then fly it over there. <laughs> oh, jeez. I read that and I was actually quite scared. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? I'm actually concerned. It's something out of the so... Matthew Riley, you know, book. It's kind of hilarious. But imagine if that's the case and everyone's who's just designed it is literally sitting there going, oh, joy. So apparently Northwest Cape yeah. is just, um, I don't know, let me just zoom out. So you know how there's WA? Yeah. And then there's that little bit, yep. that the outermost bit yep. that curves up. Mm-hmm. Apparently there is Northwest Cape, right? Well, there you go. And so they're saying that from the left of Australia, supplied by the Indian Ocean, they're going to come out... So, if this is WA on your side... Yeah, right, instead of going all the way around... They're going to go from WA underneath the earth to Pine Gap to refuel. Somehow turn around and sail back. Maybe they've got an underground submarine pool. And... So, imagine if that whole big building there isn't actually a computer floor. You think about it. The size of the uh, cricket ground. You think about it. You need enough space like that to turn submarines around in. Perhaps they're onto something. Apparently it's known as the Naval Communications Station, Harold E. Holt. There you go. So there's some submariner business going on. Mmm, submariner business. As long as they've got, you know, signs up saying, you know, no U-turns between, you know, 9am and 11am. Because you think about it. How are you going to get a U-boat to do a U-turn? Can we talk about how both the Navy and the SAS operate of Western Australia? Yeah. What's that for? Because it's closer to Asia. What do you think about it? It's not though. Well, not really, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the perfect training conditions. You know? Oh, is it close? We can get to a desert, so here you go. Yep. Potentially. So it's worth, you know, worth a shot. But, um, you know. What kind of... If you went up to, not that you would know that they were indeed SASR, but if you went up to them yeah. and you called it SAS, I'd get slapped. What kind of disdain would they look at you with? Probably they'd look at me with a 50 cal or the butt of like a car. You'd be gone before you saw the 50 cal. I'd be cal gone. Be looking but they'd at hear me demons. coming. They would hear me coming. I wonder what they're doing now. Listening to my voice saying, this guy has no idea what he's talking no, about. No, I'm being serious. Where do you think they are right now? Probably outside in the bushes. It's that they're onto us. You know, they know what we what we know. They they are aware of our secretive shenanigans. ASIO is like, ho, ho, we're ASIO. You get what I'm saying? But you think about it. If, you know, if Pine Gap can monitor pretty much everything that's going on except Antarctica and America... You know, it's because there's nothing happening over Antarctica. That's the point. There's nothing there. You know why? Because it's ice cold. I'm making hand gestures too, just in case everyone Guns. can. Yeah, pew pew. 
Penguins. That's what it is. Penguins. I do believe in the escape tunnel for workers, though. That would make sense. That would make sense. Because if it is such a target, there would be a bunker there. You know what? And also for drop bears. Fuck's sake. (laughs) Yes. What the fuck is with this 20,000 feet below the base is a borehole? Borehole. Basically, drill it down. I know what that means, but why why specifically 20,000 feet? I don't know. Maybe because... With sea level and everything, they can get it at a point where it's... Because I know in, um, you know the base that they built with the Marines yeah. in Darwin? There is a radar that penetrates underground. Yeah. I can't remember how big it is, but I know it goes up and down. Okay. Because the thing was, when the press release, when it came out, it was like, what are they looking for? I don't know. I remember saying that to someone who was Aussie and they had family that worked Maybe there. they're looking for gold nuggets. No, oh, who wants to Space nuggets. Space nuggets. Yeah. Space nuggets. All right, that's it from me today. That's I feel pretty like cool. we spoke for three hours. How yeah. long was this? Um, this one is, according to ASIO, one hour, 48 minutes. Oh, it's not one of our longest yet, but that's all right. That's no, pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, um, if any of you out there like space biscuits, um, Australia's got them. Tea and biscuits. So, uh, yeah, Pine Gap, just think about it. Desert golf balls in the middle of nowhere that detect alien, um, you know, Netflix signals, you know, in preparation for the great harvesting via... Um, you know that if it was our time to go, they wouldn't tell us it's our time to go. Of course not. It would cause mass panic, you know. You think about it, though. You don't want the general populace to be scared because they like, do dumb stuff. That was like when um, the thing happened with um, Hawaii. Yeah. And they had to evacuate. And you find out it was and a test. Testing, it was an error. Yeah. Right? And then you go, if that happened to us, given where we live, we'd be doomed. Yeah. Like you're at work, right? Everyone's And at I work. thought about it, and I happened to be home that day. And it was because it was a Sunday. It wasn't a Sunday morning yeah. for us. It was a Sunday morning, and so I was like, if that had happened, and I had received that text message, the only thing I would do is, to the best of my ability, fill up the bathtub with water. Yeah. Get all the flus. Move to like the innermost portion of the house. Which is a general thing. Seal all your doors and windows to the best of your ability. And hope for and the best. And radiation's gonna fucking kill you. Yeah. You got no hope in hell. Yep. You got no hope in hell. I reckon, especially in Australia, to get out of anything like that, you'd have to be 40 minutes out of the main city to avoid traffic. You'd have to be out in the desert like Pine Gap. Maybe maybe it's like Denver Airport. It's just got this giant underground city. You know what? Your your brother, you know when he comes over, he and I wash dumb shit like... um, What do they call it? Doomy Preppers. preppers. We call them Doomy Preppers, right? And so Rob and I were talking the other day and I was like, Rob, you know, you and I talk mad shit about these Jumis and they're the fucking ones with the gas masks that would have helped us out yeah. in the smoke. Yeah. Hit. We're the ones laughing at them, but the way the climate is going, yeah. the way the earth is going, disease, everything happening this week, and we're only in the first month of 2020, yeah. they're the ones that are fucking prepped for everything. Absolutely. Yes, they may not last forever. They're going to live a lot longer than me and my cat. 
We need like a pet tarantula or something called Phil. Lavalanchula. Lavalanchula. Yes. Did we ever watch that movie? Yes, we did. We did watch it. The bit where it's trying to get on the bus. Oh, yeah, that's right. That it was, was terrible. It was like a C-grade horror film. Yeah. I'm more like, well, that's being generous. More like F-grade. <laughs> yes. So, so um, that's it for me. Yeah, it for me. That was awesome. Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, that was cool. It's like Pine Gap. I'm hoping they put season two on Netflix. Hasn't begun. Uh, has season two no. been recorded yet? No. Has there been... any renewing? Not yet. Nothing's been said. Devo. Hopefully they do. But, you know, it's another Australian series cancelled, probably. <laughs> you know? So. Um, so that's it from us this week, everyone. Thank yes. you so much for listening slash watching. Yes. Um, please be sure to follow us. Uh, our handles. What are our handles, Michael? You mean the ones you get from the local bike store? You know, bike handles? No, no, no. Our social medias. Uh, we actually have a... What do they call that thing? A, a Google form where yep. if you feel like you can go in and submit a topic for us. Submit away. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube. You can find us on Instagram at Controllers and Couches. On Twitter, we're Controllers C-O-U-1. Uh, or you can email us at controllersandcouches at gmail.com. Uh, Full Metal Chicken's got his YouTube channel. Yep. Got all of my socials. Um, please consider helping the show grow by subscribing yeah. maybe give us a rate yeah and review um please leave us a topic request yes um and if people want to hear more about chickens i'm the chicken he's a chicken man yes and that's it from us this week yes next week we shall continue on with the next seven ancient wonders Ooh. wonders um what is it the muslim at halakamasis done with journey all the way to turkey Done. Chickens like turkeys. Alrighty, hoity toity. So, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, hope you enjoyed the subtitles. Um, I made them myself. So, that they were ear bedded. No, that's a bad joke. Forget that. Um, so, anyone planning, um, you know, holiday trips? I hear Pine Gap's oh, nice. Oh, over. People are already going back to school now. Shh, don't tell them that. Back to schoolies. Schools. Back to schools. Yeah. ASIO is monitoring. So, uh, yes. We better put to radio silence so ASIO can get back to their coffees. Oh, for Pete's sake. I know, uh, right? To whoever my FBI and ASIO agents are, thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I love you. And uh, please help me out when I'm researching my uh, thesis in August when I'm submitting it. And please give me the bestest article access yes. you can. And um, please try not to laugh at me too much when I have my thousands of breakdowns in front of any of my devices. Absolutely. And also, I hope I make you proud. Yes, and uh, yeah, for everything else is Mastercard. I hope my, I really hope my ASIO and FBI agents are proud of me. They are. They're probably got a little whiteboard going tick done, jolly good. Yeah, I hope I make them proud. Yes. I mean, sometimes we cruise on some weird subreddit places yeah. together. And thanks to, you know, Bob the Science Guy. Shout out to Bob the Science thanks, Guy Bob. who carried today's comments. You carried us. On wings of science. And I endorse him because he actually talks about the actual yes. article. The, yeah. Thanks for your PubMed ID. Yes. So, and on that note... Signing off. Signing off. May the force be equal to MC squared. And also with you. <laughs> and uh, yes, we will see you next week on Channel Sound. Oh, Soundwave. Soundwave. 
Yes. Okay. Cool. What frequency? Oh wait, it's it's not a radio station. It's downloaded media, so we're not on the radio waves. No, we're not. No, we're not. There we go. Completely bummed out now. So sorry. Oh, okay. Well, good. I'm gonna go. You know, get some feta cheese and cry over it. If and you're deceased, it's okay because we're talking about a mausoleum next week. Woohoo! Ground Central. All right, seriously, can we wrap this up? Yep. Okay. I'm gonna go get the gift paper. And on that note, we will see you next time. Au revoir. Ooh, ooh, yes, done. <laughs> Bye.